Welcome to Blank Blank Radio. My name is Siami and I'm your host. And uh, this is Shivangi. Hey, Shivangi. Hi, yeah, hi. Hi, Siami. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. I'm great. Uh, what about you? I'm good, Siami. Uh, yeah. I am doing pretty well <laughs> now. Uh, thank you so much for having this show and also for having me with you. And uh, how have you been doing, Siami? I'm good. I have been, you know, obviously on the news like everybody else. <laughs> spending a lot of time watching the news getting information uh, reading anything that you can do to you know um, keep your senses I guess in the last two years <laughs> so I just want to let everybody know this is our first episode and we're hoping to do you know the first season I just want to give everybody a little bit of an introduction this is a podcast uh, that is currently based in the northeast uh, i am in mizoram in aizol and shivangi is in guwahati assam right yes yes we always wanted to have a conversation uh, exploring uncommon friendships you know which friendships across different communities different languages and we also try and understand what women men or people coming from different sexual orientations as well as Uh, different religious, caste-based, ethnic-linguistic backgrounds are thinking, and what is it that they want to talk about? Um, as you know, someone who hails from northeast, and interesting that you use the term northeast because you know there has been so much debate regarding uh, what exactly is northeast and if it is the correct term to be used. Because um, I was telling you about Chitra Ahmed's article, you know, where she says that we can't have, uh, you know, one homogenizing category, right? Because that uh, does away with all specific differences that is there between communities. So yes, um, we definitely do want to talk about those differences, how those differences manifest, and how it impinges upon our lives in everyday uh, situations. So yeah, I mean, uh, thanks so much, Yami, for doing this podcast with me. I really hope that we just get to talk as yeah. much as possible. I yeah. think you know this is just. I hope that this will be a fun little uh, journey or project uh, that we can have together. We've been talking for quite a while, and uh, you know everything started out from incidences that have been happening in the northeast and uh, so much misinformation that that goes out because people don't yeah. really know much about the northeast, even you know the rest of India. But in a way, um, there has been so much. Um, so much information that uh, has been put up on the internet because of some of these unfortunate incidences that happened, like the border issue that happened between yeah. Assam and 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 Mizoram, and basically that's how also we got to know each other. You know, discussing um, uh, the situation and um, how, as you know, people of the different of the two states, we. generally don't have any uh, animosity no miso or no as me would never want something like this to happen but that just like a uh, pretty much <laughs> slingshot northeast news into national media and uh, there was so much crap that was outside and people just saying whatever they want uh, making yeah. this into a circus yeah i mean uh, i remember when uh, the 
Mizoram and Assam border uh, skirmishes were happening. They actually started way back in uh, 2020. You know, the first, uh, you know, like the first part that happened like a couple of years uh, before. But as conversations around the border issue uh, started coming up, we also got to know that this goes way, way back. You know, to colonialism, to a very unresolved. a uh, border history and then how that history also sort of played out in favor of for sort of one side of the story right and obviously people were seeing a lot but then we also saw that how one state and one people sort of got the upper hand in the conflict whereas the other side of the story was completely blurred right even in national media yeah i mean and, uh, yeah that's you know politicians um i mean you know the media is a tool for um you know a lot yeah. of people who are in power to manipulate and use um but i think you know i i want to talk about this and and i hope that we can do an episode just you know dedicated to this to yes. the incident yes. that happened uh <laughs> uh and of course the history of the border issue that we have in the northeast not just you know mizoram and assam but you know meghalaya there is manipur nagaland yeah i mean that we have to do um yes. but i hope that this podcast and you know like basically the conversations that we've had together especially you know regarding you know casteism about uh the situation of tribals and non-tribals in 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 the northeast and and uh, a lot of people don't understand because some of us just look so different uh yeah so definitely we will get into all of that But again coming back to the you know border issue you know what really struck me was also the fact that how media would call representatives and politicians from one state to their panel discussion right and then uh you know what really sort of became clear was the power relation between the different communities yeah between different and this is something that i really hope that we can sort of talk about because while doing my own research and while doing um a lot of reading you know like i also get to know that within each state of the northeast um you know there are certain communities which are at the forefront of the socio historical discourse right like they have had uh, access to means and most importantly they have access to uh, a certain conversation and unfortunately the discourse coming out of that conversation is also something that has not been open to a lot many other communities Uh, okay. Obviously, you know, for the sake of our, uh, you know, podcast, we can't take names, but definitely there is a sort of a pattern emerging. Not, not exactly. Uh, I use the word pattern with a lot of caution because, you know, like I don't want to homogenize experiences of communities of different states. But it became very clear, you know, from very early on in my research that there is a lot of, um, you know, power. that is there within the community uh, within certain communities concentrated in the hands of certain communities and this is what a lot of authors have also talked about ethnic asymmetry the difference in uh, the the power divide between hills and valleys yeah. in states like assam and manipur so i think 
you know, these are conversations that I think we will be having in the podcast, but we will also be having it with a lot of different people, you know, like um, people uh, who come from literature, researchers, uh, you know, people who are entrepreneurs, people with whom we will share the uh, share the space in the podcast. Yes, I mean, uh, we will be having lots of guests. Hopefully, uh, we will be having our friends. We will be having, um, you know, many different voices, people who care about, um, you know, the topics that we would be discussing uh, on this podcast. So yeah, that's like, um, you know, it's it's something exciting that we can look forward to together. And yeah. also, this has been such a fun process. You know, I've been yeah. wanting to, <laughs> I've been wanting to have a podcast for very for many many years, and uh, it's just that now yeah. that I think COVID has given so many people uh, this opportunity to do this, and uh, I love podcasts. I've been, you know, I do listen to a lot, and I've been doing that for years because the best part about podcasts is you can work with your hands and 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 be busy and still have it on in the background and and you can you can kind of work and listen at the same time which has been you know it's been like a constant fun companion for me uh, i would also you know love to have to talk about the dip- different podcasts that we both like to listen to and then have like you know just maybe discuss um discuss them and why these podcasts are important or why they're fun or i think it's a nice a way to introduce uh, podcasting to a lot of different people especially people in the northeast i think uh just listening to you know the generic media that's on tv um is is just so corrupted that sometimes right. it's nice to listen to a podcast it's nice to go on a forum it's nice to be on reddit it's nice to be on spaces where yeah everything yeah. is not just a produced dramatic um you know circus and and yeah. uh, and yeah. i hope that we can have a space somewhat like that <laughs> on our podcast and yeah. yeah and also discuss difficult topics um it doesn't it doesn't uh although we don't always have to be serious and i'm sure there'll be lots of other fun things to discuss you know yeah but um yeah. i think it's really important for us to have an uh, an english podcast especially that is yeah. um Sorry. you know that connects the different northeastern states because mm-hmm. we're living yeah. in a world where people are using media to divide people to unite people and maybe that might not be uh, for a good reason and so yeah yeah i mean uh, you know i completely agree with you yami i mean it's time that you know we sort of came together and we made a podcast of course you know sometimes i do question why english you know why and how did english become such an important presence in the life of people uh, who come from the different uh, ethnolinguistic communities and states of the region uh, but at the same time you know if we sort of you know i feel that if we sort of don't uh, speak in english it's, it's not only about missing out on a huge audience but it's also about um sort of not talking about the history that we have had to endure right like uh 
first the arrival of missionaries and then the advent of Christianity, the so-called advent of modernity and all of these things that happened with a lot of communities in the region and the you know the, the diminishing of indigenous language and religion, uh, different religious states. Um, some communities do still hold on to those uh, beliefs. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's this scholar, uh, uh, Michel Rostrolov, who, who Pardon? Can that, you, you know, can you just repeat that? Michel? Yeah, his name is Michel Rostrolov. So he's a, a high, he, he's a anthropologist from, uh, you know, who used to teach at Chicago. Uh, but he, he's done huge extensive work in Haiti, um, which is, okay. uh, you know, it's it, 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 it a country uh, of around 10 to 12 million. Uh, like it has a language known as Haitian Creole that yeah, is spoken yeah. by 10 to 12 uh, million people. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, like, but Haiti also is a French colony. Yes. It has the history of being colonized by the French. And like us, uh, for them, uh, French is a huge language, right, even today. Yes. And um, so, uh, you know, it, it is basically a Caribbean country. And, uh, you know, he says that, you know, if a researcher does not engage in the, you know, the French of Haiti that is there today, and instead just goes and speaks in Haitian Creole, then obviously they are not choosing to the choosing to look at this huge history of colonization and the destructive impact on its economy, on its culture, on the people. So I think either way, doing a podcast in English was important because we also hope to sort of connect with a lot of people and then talk about the history that we have had. And you know, obviously, we, we can't really aim huge, huge things, but definitely we can sort of able to start a conversation and, um, and and most importantly get to know how people sort of remember that history, right? Whether yeah. it's to English or to any other language. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, right now it's really important to, um, you know, really get back into the history, especially, you know, for the, the indigenous people in the Northeast. Um, yeah. yeah. I think there is there has always been an attempt to kind of um wash away uh you know indigenous history uh because yeah. that's what happens uh anyway like you know this is it, this happens all over the world um we need to talk about history in a way that is um in a in a way that you know looks at the bigger picture and what constantly happens and the reason why uh, we just passed generations of countries there are you know societies there are people that have um, generation passed down generational trauma you know there's yeah, a lot yeah. of animosity yeah. between certain groups of people and basically that's just passed down from generation to generation because of something that happened in the past um, yeah. I think we are coming into this uh, into this time the internet that's been around for you know many years now uh, that's affected yeah. Yeah. You know, almost three generations like in a big way I think you know there is a sense of unity because of the internet 
I f- I do have a lot of hope on on you know on on us millennials and 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 the Gen Z to kind of uh, figure yeah. shit out when it comes yeah. to you know the environment when it comes to politics because there is a certain age group of people that they do feel threatened with the change with the way the world is right now and it's it's just human nature to want to hold on to something old and and to kind of make true the old aspirations that is outdated and they want yeah. to kind of force that yeah. kind of you know that kind of dream and yeah. this is also what's happening in in the world right now there are a lot of yeah. people in power that does not like young people and and that's all because to an extent yeah. Yeah. the yeah. two generations cannot relate at all yeah yeah no absolutely you know like uh, interesting basically like uh, i always thought that to a great extent gen z uh, people were are sort of more aware of their consciousness as well as their needs and their uh, personhood right because the sort of you know protest that they undertake or the sort of rights or the sort of things that they are working towards. In a way, you know, those things, I, I, I mean, it would not have been possible in our time, but there are so many things that we didn't question, right, when we were at that age. So, you know, we didn't, I mean, there were so many systemic things that we could have changed, that we could have questioned. But I still see that, you know, a lot of us took that for granted, you know. And and uh, let's say, for instance, I was listening to this podcast called uh, Still Processing. And it's a podcast that is, um, it's a beautiful podcast that is, uh, you know, hosted by Jenna Waltham and Bessie Morris. And... They talk about, you know, how uh, every single person, especially people who come from racialized, colored backgrounds, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, especially in the context of the United mm-hmm. States, people who came with a history of slavery, um, you know, they are always sort of carrying this cargo or this burden of, uh, you know, trauma. Right? Yes, generational and, trauma, and it affects, affects yeah, and it affects behavior of yeah, 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 and then it's unresolved in the sense like you when you grow up, you sort of tell yourself that you have to move on, you know, get a job, get a life, and then it sort of always stays within you that trauma, but you never find the time to you know talk about it or share with it or share about it with anyone else. Yeah, so. I think all every single one of us do have that trauma, yeah. and um, you know, uh, coming from a region like Northeast, where almost every single state has been one or the other movement for autonomy or movement for asserting land rights or land or movement for protecting yeah. land. You know, I think it's a global global yeah. thing because you know the f- yeah. Second World War it hasn't been that long. There, there were still a bunch of human beings living in a world uh, that is carrying generational trauma and there are countries and there are, are people that have kind of figured out different ways to deal with it maybe better than the other um, some of us that have um, more recent generational trauma we're still and still trying to um, deal with it what has happened is that 
maybe um, traditions or the ways that uh, we have dealt with trauma has not always been healthy. And, uh, and that becomes like almost like behavioral traits in different groups of people. And, and that can be actually quite um, dangerous. What trauma does and generational trauma does is it makes people try to live on survival mode constantly. And, and what yeah. happens is that when you're constantly on survival mode, you're very easily yeah. influenced because you constantly think that you need to make the best choice to survive. And sometimes you yeah. uh, don't yeah. use your instincts. Sometimes you don't use your reasoning. And, and I think this is also a huge issue with with Asians, especially us in India, uh, you know, having had uh, years and years of uh, um, uh, colonial uh, suppression. And, and before that, we had... Yeah, yeah, and before that, the the general public of India, we were living, you know, between kings who kept on fighting, and 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 you know, people were dying, and people were super poor. I don't think we have had this chance to just be who we are, and that's why you know, Indian religion, in a way, uh, talks so much about like inner peace. In some extent, is finding your true peace, and maybe that is so important in the religions that have been birthed. A country like ours or th or this area is because they realize that you know th that people are constantly in survival mode, and that's like really unhealthy. You know, it's psychologically unhealthy, it's unhealthy physically, because that puts you in a situation where your adrenaline is just constantly, you know, on high alert. And that trait of Asians or Indians, and when say Indians are like that, you know, it actually stems from an experience or, or a passed down behavior that has been going on for generations and generations. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. Also, the fact that you know, um, like like say for instance, um, we have all heard like I. I, I suppose, like all of us have read, you know, the stories of the Jonah, Truth and Harriet Tubman, you know, mm -hmm. uh, radical women who sort of not just escape slavery, but also try to redefine race relations, in, uh, especially in a plantation based yeah. uh, United States, uh, much before even abolition came about. So, you know, like, when we, when we talk about trauma, you know, we also need to talk about our own identity. You know, I come from a caste-based background, right? Within yeah. Um, within Gohashi. And even today, the, you know, when, when people think that there is no caste in India, there is no caste in Afghanistan, that is such a wrong place because, you know, go to any marriage or any social event in your neighborhood. When someone's marriage is coming up, the question that comes up is, you know, from which cup is the, you know, girl or the boy from, right? Yeah. And even today, uh, inter-caste marriages are frowned upon. Of course, you know, it's, it's not like um, there is... It's I not mean, like in other like, places where you'd probably get killed, yeah, you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are the ones like perhaps in my mom's or in my grandmother's time, there yeah. was a huge protest. Women were excommunicated. Uh, women were not allowed to come back into their parents' house if 
she gets to marry a marry outside her caste, right? But even today, you know, certain conversations about where which caste the girl or the boy is from, that conversation never ceases to happen. And um, I think I mentioned this to you also, Siami, like last year yeah. in Assam, uh, there was the rape of a minor girl, mm-hmm. right? Just protect her identity. I won't reveal the names of her community or which district, you know. But just to give an idea, uh, you know, she was raped and uh, she was sort of abused mm-hmm. by an upper caste, uh, I mean, her. Uh, the house in which she was staying that she was employed by those guys right like yeah, yeah, she, she was, was a, basically she was an underage <laughs> worker yeah, and she was a minor right yeah. and there was a huge protest across Assam but uh, what happens is uh, there is this open ed or uh, open editorial in one of the most prominent newspapers in Assam where uh, one person Says that this is not a caste issue, and if you talk about it through a caste perspective, then we are not going anywhere. And that person comes from an upper caste background. Yeah. So obviously, you know, when people talk about certain very important things in this manner, you are letting yeah. go of gendered implications of the mess of being a domestic help. You yeah. are letting go of, uh, you know, what it is to be a child. Coming from an indigenous community yeah. to be used at the hands of an Afrikaans. I think, in a way, uh, a lot of people here still don't understand and can can you know can empathize or can relate to this um, you know this idea of a certain group of people having uh, this uh, yeah. Yeah. privilege. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. we we've been talking about privilege in in. the last couple of years and uh, yeah. you know we are yeah. definitely like, trying to see or opening our eyes to what what privilege truly is and how it affects people and how people uh, you know how what kind of personality or what kind of traits a privileged person has compared to a non-privileged person yeah. you know it 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 is prevalent in their behavior in the way they think you know in their reaction to incidences like yeah and and in a certain way uh, that is in regards to the the minor you know just the fact that she is a minor that is being employed yeah. for somebody who's in a privileged position and to the person that is saying who, who's saying that this is not a caste issue like you can see how removed he is from understanding or mm-hmm. from empathizing with yeah. the, the 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 plight of the you know the child that was raped mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, once he wrote that article, it was posted on Instagram and it was posted on Twitter, Facebook. People were, you know, sort of demanding the removal of this article. And I think that is one good thing about social media. Uh, I mean, Jenna Walsham and Wesley Morris in their podcast, Sweet uh, Obsession, were talking about what it means to be embedded in a woke culture, right? In a way, work culture sort of gives you the space to sort of be politically correct as well as respect the sentiments, the history, as well as uh, the emotions of yeah. different communities with extremely unequal history. Yeah. But at the same time, it also takes away from 
the scope of having a discussion about so many things. Yeah. Uh, but again, coming back to the issue of caste, you know, like personally, if I can talk about myself, I come from a privileged caste background. Yeah. And I come from the ethnic community based in Guwahati. So I guess I may be one of the most privileged people talking on the podcast. Yeah. When I was in college, when I was in university, I've never had to think about my caste, right? I just yeah. for granted. You know that is that is you know I'm just I'm sorry I'm just going to interrupt you but I've always yeah. wanted to ask people yeah. that and yeah. I have I've ha- I've had friends outside of yeah. of the northeast that I've asked about caste right. and how it affects them yeah. but I don't at at that time as well it's it was not important or it was not something that they were thinking about privilege of their caste or all of that stuff because yeah. that was probably like I don't know more than 10 years back and I was oh please go on the day. Yeah, sorry. No, no, it's okay. As a tribal, you know, I just as a tribal I don't I can't relate. You know, I can't relate yeah. to that is one thing that I can't relate. I can get angry and I can empathize and I can feel, you know, uh, uh when when yeah. I can feel uh, angry with what's happening with the Dalits and, you know, uh, reading the newspaper yeah. and thinking how cruel that people can be for just something that is like a made up you know position yeah. <laughs> and and i've always wanted to ask you know somebody to yeah. give me yeah. like a personal experience of it and and here you are i mean please yeah. tell me no i to be honest like yeah, i mean i think i'm really not the right person to be having conversations about trust because for me my trust identity was something that did not okay. really play out very importantly and uh, in the last you know 3 4 years i've actually sort of tried to distance myself from my caste identity but you yeah. know when you are born into a family of uh, not exactly a family but when you are born into a world structured by caste based division it becomes very difficult you know like say for instance, even today within upper caste families upper caste households you are supposed to follow menstrual uh, tabus right not touch this not touch that don't touch a man uh, who is wearing the sacred dress even in guwahati even in assam and it's not just our family but i know so many of my friends so many of my extended relatives uh, women and uh, who have to follow these rituals and even women who did not have to follow these rituals at home when they were with their own you know paternal or yeah. maternal family after they are married uh, they are supposed to follow this ritual in their in-laws house yeah you know so uh, you know the the notion of purity and pollution yeah uh, which is a huge concept in theology yeah. and psychology uh, you know like that sort of into play yeah. and also, you know when we talk about like caste uh, i think one of the instances that i would like to share you know like recently uh within academia there was a huge controversy when uh john cameron one huge name in anthropology so he was accused of assaulting his students you know his phd students and when those phd graduate students came forward and started talking about their experiences of being harassed in mm-hmm. a university in a huge huge university 
it sort of led a lot of other academics to come out and talk about their cultish experiences. Mm-hmm. One academic who came out was Paula Sakravarti, okay? Okay. So she teaches in NYU, New York University. And in that department, you know, there is another academic who is like, hugely famous. Um, of course, again, you know, there are problems about sharing names and things. Yeah. So 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 this hugely famous guy is he or woman uh, they're in they're upper caste is that what you're saying um i'm not really sure about his caste identity but what i can say is that through the years he has you know gathered a massive cloud you know he has become very powerful i mm-hmm. mean every single work in sociology and anthropology perhaps refers to his work and he's an academic of indian descent so he was born in india and he went overseas okay so uh, you know like paula uh, sakravarti talks about this experience when this person continuously devaluate her academics mm-hmm. continuously to you know scold her ridicule her and then even in faculty meetings uh what whenever she used to say something he used to question her and then you know like through years she sort of had uh, collected this trauma of being treated as someone who was unwanted in her own department right mm-hmm. and then only recently i think a couple of months ago she wrote about this and then you know like interestingly within her department her colleagues asked her are you a dalit because her colleagues saw so her white colleagues so saw how she was being treated within the department you know by her other indian colleagues and they are that her is <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is so crazy that, yeah because they always thought that this sort of a treatment was reserved for the list in the indian context right yeah. and then she said no i'm up a caste and if an up a caste woman has to go undergo this sort of an experience so you know like her white colleagues thought her to be coming from a Dalit background mm-hmm. because you know uh, obviously outside India in the context of uh, a lot of South Asian departments in universities uh, in US in UK people think that it is always uh, you know like like every sort of you know in, in human treatment yeah. sort of you know, for uh, you know the let or lower caste background so and in so her in her writing did she feel that it was because of caste or basically they were trying to uh, you know uh, disguise yeah, their yeah, their I'm coming yeah so basically uh, you know and then she said that, no i'm a dalit so then she says that you know in, no i'm not a dalit so then she says that in the ending of her article that if this is something that an upper caste woman has to undergo that imagine the experiences of academics coming from lower caste and dalit background mm-hmm. in universities outside of india yeah. and certainly she changed some institutions which mm-hmm. are not the you know not like stephen or jnu right but yeah. and she got the recommendations from people who are who taught her since she was very young but again those recommendations did not come from faculty who were like at the top layer institutions yeah in india 
right? And this is when that person would say that, okay, you are not changed by someone I know, and you are not changed. Yeah. You do not go to this institution. So you know there is intersection, intersecting so many things. You know your pedigree, your education, institutions, your caste identity. But one thing that definitely came out from this conversation was how you know Dalit and lower caste academics, how they are sort of seen. Even in institutions outside of India, right? And these are not institutions based in India. This is happening yeah. in the US or in the UK, right? And um, despite having worked so hard, despite having thoroughly been published, and you know, despite having worked throughout the years to, to you know, rightly claim their place. Yeah. Again, we go back. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know the thing is it just goes to show that you know education um, is limited in a way because what we need, especially in India, is uh, we need um, mental health. You know, there's there there has to be a kind of a a a change. Uh, and and you cannot change the mentality of somebody who feels the superiority complex uh, yeah. unless they can empathize with people who you know yeah. they they look down on and and the only way to do that is to break down uh, the senselessness of their you know their privilege and and why it came out and why they feel that way and if if they don't understand why they were just born to feel you know better than somebody else uh, without achieving anything or without you know uh, uh, just especially when it comes to a situation like casteism you know it is taught like a character trait to have you know from one yeah. you know yeah. generation yeah. to the other and and you yeah. have to break that down for yeah. people yeah. to to get rid of that feeling and and yeah. with you know, with this, the with the, uh, what's her name, Miss Chakravarti, right? Uh, sorry. Paula. Yeah. So her experience. I mean, Paula you know, Chakravarti, yeah, Paula yeah. Chakravarti. Like it. I I would love to read um, her article, and you know, but somehow in a way, it also it's also makes me feel like there was a mix of like you know. Yeah for for yeah. for the person that was you know treating her that way i feel like it was also a gender issue in a way trying to be disguised as yeah. almost like yeah. a caste issue because in europe i think they they are extremely i think they have less tol- tolerance or or op- like you know outwardly yeah. show that they have yeah. less tolerance towards uh you know gender uh, yeah. uh you know yeah. uh, towards yeah. somebody behaving in a way with somebody's gender that is negative and and maybe that you know it's a mix of all of that because she's an upper caste woman you know Uh, so you know when it boils down to it it's just them you know using the idea of a caste system scapegoating Mm -hmm. the caste system in a way uh you know to to disguise their disdain for you know an, an indian woman in their uh in their midst yeah. Or at their yeah. level, you know, it could be that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many issues that uh, we we need to break down and understand uh, if there has to be any change in with with you know with our communities, uh, with our country. Yeah. You know, it's 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 something that has to be spoken and heard 
by you know by the generations that are you know uh, listening to you know things that are on on forums and 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 taking the time out to you know because nobody wants to listen to the garbage that's on uh you know national media sometimes and and it's a good thing that yeah. you know there are i think it's it's in a way when you talk about this um, woke culture you know there are so many different sides to it and and it's a new uh, it's a new word it's a new uh, right. you know that that people truly haven't grasped what this work culture is and uh, what this woke you know uh, uh what woke really means and in a way it can be good because you know from what i see with with the younger crowd is yeah okay they want to be woke they listen to all of this and maybe they you know they they go a little nuts about it but i feel like the younger generation generation like gen z they're more okay with saying yeah. okay you know this was not right or yeah. they they would question it and they don't feel you know this enormous guilt of changing their mind but towards when you think about like even millennials you know they they the the problem with older generations and the woke culture is that in a way we've been taught for so long to pick a genre of music to pick a side to always say that you know the that something new is not good because we are very we're not good at saying oh, okay i made a mistake or oh i was wrong you know we're we're so bad at admitting to to being wrong that you know we get really messed up and and when we when we when we um when something happens and we pick sides uh you know we get stuck in whatever side that we picked without you know uh, realizing that you know sometimes you know that side or that uh, that um opinion you had in the beginning you know might might not have been right or might have been you know might have come out of emotions or whatever you know but the thing with you know the younger kids are they they can freely admit that oh i made a mistake i'm sorry you know i went out and i put it all out on the internet but maybe i was wrong and they're much better at at admitting that and i think that's actually healthy and that's a healthy thing of the woke culture Yeah, but there are also like uh, side effects of being extremely woke. Like, uh, say for instance, uh, you know, um, obviously the woke culture sort of started gaining more prominence, especially during the Black Lives Matter movement. But you know, it sort of becomes a different story when white people sort of say that we are woke and you know we are aware of our privilege and things like that. but at the same time also sort of not really being interested in reading of uh, books you know like that is written by black women on their own history right because just for your social media or just for you know wearing a t-shirt that says black lives matter uh, because when black lives matter uh, when the hashtag was trending mm-hmm. you may remember that there was another hashtag that came up which is all life yeah. at that hashtag was quite problematic right because then you are like okay every life matters <laughs> but within those every life there is certain life which were always sort of you know forcefully snatched away right like yeah i mean you know it's the perfect where never really narrated to anyone so yeah i mean obviously we do need to be raising our voices against injustice and we do need to sort of speak loudly against 
racism, sexism, uh, homophobia, and all yeah. all all of things which are so important. You know, But see, the, the thing, thing is, the word, the all lives yeah. matter. You know, hashtag. It really came out of insecurity, and and yeah. you know, um, and again, not being able to be empathetic towards somebody else's pain. Everybody has yeah. pain, so they want to also say, "Oh, you know, even I have pain." But your pain oh. is not the same as the pain of the people uh, who suffered years and years of slavery, and and that is the kind yeah. of you know when 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 a person. cannot empathize then they come up with something like you know all lives matter so that you know they can sound in a way uh, kind of uh, you know on board but you know pay attention to me as well you know in a way it is also it really comes from the fact that there 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 is an insecurity of them having to not feel like you know somebody can can feel their pain as well because a lot of people even in america there are there there's so many poor people and they're white you know the 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 situation i mean the world right now is you know at, at some point you know either we all die or there will be some form of equilibrium equilibrium you know even with with our color i mean races will mix and eventually they say that everybody will be olive skinned and there are lots and lots of white people who cannot accept that but it will happen you know <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i hope it does happen but you know like um you know coming back to the question of caste that we also talk about like gender and casteism are also overlapping especially yes. in the case of chakravarti but you know what a lot of dalit feminists and lower caste feminists have been talking about is also the fact of how savarna feminists Pardon, can you repeat that? Savarna feminists, right? Yeah, like yeah. Savarna feminists, like okay. who are uh, who claim to be feminists but come from upper caste yeah, yeah. backgrounds. So basically, like um, basically within the fourfold fourfold caste hierarchy. So basically, you know, like what these women have been saying is that Ambedkar, as well as the larger caste movement, has been appropriated by a lot of academics. as well as writers you know who come from other parts uh, and here the thing about our identity also emerges right yeah. uh, that someone who comes from a caste based background of course i wouldn't want to sort of define myself as such but of course if i don't then i wouldn't be uh, you know considerate of the privilege that i have and also the sort of uh you know um, position or the sort of uh, history that i've had really mm-hmm. my past identity uh but you know me coming from a caste background you coming from uh you know an um nilgam coming from tribal uh, community you know yeah uh, coming from a, a ethnic linguistic community uh with a history of um, you know being engaged in a movement uh for uh you know mizo freedom mizo independence uh you know we are sort of all juggling different lives different identities and different sort of experiences in our day to day lives and i think even though all of them are overlapping even though all of them are intersecting but they sort of intersect in many different ways right for mm-hmm. you 
that one aspect of your identity uh, becomes important. For me, within academia, you know, I always see that even though I sort of come from an upper caste background, but being a woman, your intellectual labor is always devalued, you know. Like, uh, even today, uh, a lot of academic journals, a lot of grants, uh, a lot of funding, everything is controlled by white men, yeah. right? So, you know, and the problem is that the burden of breaking all those glass cells uh, glass ceiling, sorry, yeah. those glass ceilings falls directly on you. You know, yeah, there is yeah. no question about, uh, you know, I, I mean, in the Canadian and the U- U.S. American context, a lot of indigenous scholars, like Zoe Dodd, they have started literally a movement talking about academia and talking about how they could decolonize methodology to work with different communities. Right. But at the same time, they also acknowledge the power structures that are there. Yeah. Uh, so, so the thing is not really taking away the control, but the difficult thing is being to have a conversation about it, you know. Yeah. Because caste system is something that is not just limited to India anymore. You find it in every institution outside of India in US, UK. And I think I wouldn't be wrong to say that in terms of PhD scholars, there are very few students from, uh, you know, not just uh, states, the different states of Northeast, but even from, you know, certain caste mm-hmm. backgrounds, there are very few students, to be honest. Um, it's still upper caste, it's still sort of urban upper caste uh, concentrated. PhDs in all of these departments and uh, you know you you sort of a lot of people sort of think that outside of India there is no caste system that is so much there right so I mean it it took so many centuries to sort of break Columbus's Christopher Columbus's statue then (laughs) you know imagine how many centuries castes will be survive. I mean, I'm not being pessimistic, but it's so systemic, it's so entrenched. I mean, the thing is, I think the way we... Yeah. yeah, I think the way we talk about it as Indians is also actually not good because, um, you know, our politicians either just say, oh, we're getting, we're getting rid of caste system or blah, blah, blah. But you have to break it down. You know, you have to, you have to take out you have to break it down and you have to break down how it makes people feel like the privilege or whatever if you're if you're high class or you're upper class you know sorry i think it's upper class if you're upper class like the feelings that you have as an upper class person it needs to be broken down it needs to be understood like people are not just going to just say oh you know i'm 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 not better than a Dalit. I think it's going to be very, very difficult for a lot of upper caste people to kind of understand why they need to say that or kind of genuinely feel that because the caste system gives somebody an upper hand all the time and nobody wants to, you know, we live in a world where we have been taught that if you can be better than somebody else, no matter what, whether it's true or not, if you can have that label, go for it. You know, it's like, that's why maybe in a way uh, self-respect is not a big thing 
you know it's yeah. it's people generally tend to um n- not be as uh honorable as you know a label that they can have in real life you know like in real life they're not somebody that if you can have a label they would just rather take that label and go with it instead of really changing who they are you know or how they feel because yeah. it's yeah. not earned yeah. you know caste is not earned being an upper caste you're just born into it and and we don't even break that down we don't even go back to history and from everyone's understanding of what it is there's been so many different ideas of what casteism is it's it 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 generally was not something that you were born into it it depended on your occupation and all of that stuff like there's been so many yeah. talk yeah. about it but we haven't broken down why it's been around for yeah. so long how it makes people feel and how to really get rid of it yes yes i think the only to be honest um the the asking of the how question especially that is an important intervention right obviously we can't claim to change the world through our podcast but i think we are having a very important conversation probably to talk about it and to sort of involve as many people as possible yeah. in our podcast i think that is something that we can definitely do to change the discourse and um um I guess we are moving in sort of also start wrapping up now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm not sure you're not really like what is this about? I feel like the two of us could just go on and on and on and on. Thank But you. I think we do need to stop so that we have something to talk about for the next episodes to right. come, you know, right. and uh, obviously uh we've had many many long phone converse- conversations. Uh this has been mm-hmm. so much fun. Um I'm really excited yeah. you know about yeah. the plans that and we have and what if we woke up early and did this in the morning <laughs> yeah 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 i was uh, i was actually all ready and prepped like i got up super early i don't know uh, sometimes my body does that and yeah. i couldn't go back to sleep and i was reading the news and every time i read the news i get really really mad like every time i watch like the indian news channels like my blood starts boiling and 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 yeah <laughs> i have watching you no, yeah i it's just that sometimes you know it's up on yeah. some social media and then i get sucked into it and then you know it's like uh, yeah. yeah so it was so funny cuz i was watching it and screaming on my computer but yeah it's it's it, you have to do it sometimes just to you know realize why you're so disgusted with with it all yeah yeah absolutely and uh, you know like um, i think it's important as i said i can't even stress enough the importance of this podcast because all of us um sort of need to put our perspectives forward and obviously it should come from people whose lived experiences do matter and over the course of next few weeks we will be reaching out to people and we will be uh, inviting scholars writers entrepreneurs uh, activists actors people from the entertainment industry from different communities and different states of again unfortunately what is known as northeast india and uh, we will make sure that uh, you know me and siami uh, who is the host of this podcast we will make sure that uh, the conversation keeps continuing and uh, we hope to sort of listen and uh, 
talk to as many people as possible and we also in, uh, invite engagement from the people who are listening um, yeah. i think we'll uh, open up a sign up list or uh, you know like an email where people can yeah forward get we will we will put all our details yeah. out yeah. and uh, you know we would love questions we if yes. if you want to know anything about the northeast if you want to know how northeastern uh, northeastern people feel about certain things um yeah. you know any any questions you have just ask us because uh you know um when i was living outside i could just tell people we could have a conversation i could sit people down and then you know uh, describe things to them and tell them but you know now it's not possible with uh, you know the world as it is with the pandemic and everything so we are really open to questions anybody can send whatever they want do ask us these questions we will answer every one of them and uh, we will also if we can't answer them we will find people who can answer them for you yeah, yeah. and <laughs> so i do hope that you know all our listeners um tune in every week i think we will be putting out an episode weekly and um also if you have suggestions you know of what we should do in our podcast uh, do let us know cuz um it might might be a suggestion that a lot of people you know are thinking about as well yeah yeah exactly and thank you all for listening for your patience uh conversations like this are not meant to be stopped they should be uh, continuing unabated. Uh, but we will stop here for today's episode and we really hope that more and more people can join us for the next. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye-bye. Take All right. Bye. Take- Bye, everybody. Please do take care and please check for our details. Um, Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.